This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The um, training staff for getting Bradley Beal back out there, and hopefully the Wizards will be able to finish this game off with a W, but that's your Wizards update for the night. But uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, my man Bo Buckets, former Wizard, has got 21 points. You know, we talk about like decisions you make in off seasons and ones that eat at you as a fan or, you know, like the ones that get away. Not that Bogdanovich was super, but that off season, if you remember, you know, they could have kept him for a lot less money. Instead they went super max or you know, not super max, but max on Otto Porter. Yeah, and that just this didn't work out good. Yeah. And Bogdanovich you know, it's been very good wherever he's been, where it's Utah, now in Detroit. I mean, he's been really productive and been a been a been uh, either a starter or a significant rotational player, which has not really been the case for Otto. <sighs> anyway. All right, NFL trade deadline comes up on November 1st. And there's already been, obviously, a lot of activity. You mentioned James Robinson earlier today, dealt to the Jets officially. Big pickup for there, for them. The big Christian McCaffrey trade last week, which I think this is going to come back and bite the 49ers in the ass personally. I don't know. I mean, they've given up so many draft picks here in these next few years, um, you know, already on their quarterback who's not playing right now because he's injured, Trey Lance. And now this for a running back who stays hurt uh, over these last few seasons. Now we'll see uh, how it works out for him. But anyway, I just – it kind of blows me away because the, the, one of the smart things I always agree with about the Shanahans, and I, and I do pluralize them, and I know Kyle doesn't like that too bad, but when they were here was they did you know always kind of go up along the philosophy, you can get running backs anywhere. We can get Ryan Terrain off the waiver wire, off the streets, and, and be productive and run. It was true. Uh, we can take Alfred Morris in the seventh round, and he'll start for us in week one. True. I mean, they nailed it when it came to running backs. It was the one thing they could evaluate. And now here they are. Here's Kyle breaking his own dad's rule that has worked so well for, for Christian McCaffrey. I mean, giving up all kinds of draft picks. I mean, you know, I mean, they're running this thing like a like drunk fantasy football owners. And for a team that, by the way, is not close to a Super Bowl this year, I don't know where this is coming from. But that's what John Lynch said. Yeah, we're trying to win a Super Bowl. I'm like, okay, that's cool, but you just overspent on a running back, man. Who also makes a lot of money. Don't get it. Don't get it. But, hey, whatever. Must, you know, whatever works for you. 
We'll see how uh, smart they look down the road. All right, so some of the players that have been talked about on the on the uh, market, you know, big name guys, Kareem Hunt. Uh, he was trying to get out of there during the off during the off season in the uh, training camp. Remember that Cam Akers, who I, I don't know what kind of health he's in. Chase Claypool, you know, Laramie Tunsil. There's discussion he might be on the move because the Texans trade everybody that's any good. So there is that possibility as well. And of course, the Commanders have some guys that could have some value out there. Uh, and, and somebody they need to get get away from, obviously, is William Jackson III. I mean, today, I don't know if this is related, but it is interesting, perhaps important, as the head coach likes to say. They brought Danny Johnson up, signed him to the active roster cornerback who did not make the final 53 initially but was brought back for the practice squad. He's played in a lot of games here. You know, Wild Goose has been pretty good. Rashad Wild Goose for them, who they brought in uh, off the waiver wire. You know, so that that looks like Castro Fields was playing pretty well. Special teams got hurt a few weeks ago, so they made some smart moves on the waiver wire with the corner position. But I'll be interested to see if they can get anything for William Jackson because clearly he don't want to be here. They don't want him here. Everybody's trying to play nice right now, saying all the right things. You know, he's still got this quote back injury. Sure, he does. Um, and will they be able to get anything from him? I don't know. And they're probably going to have to take some of his salary, I would suspect. Because, I mean, it's a pretty pretty big salary. You know, he's taking up – he's the highest-paid defensive player on this team, you know, which is never ideal. When your highest-paid defensive player wants to be traded, <laughs> and you're okay with it, and you're like, good, because we don't want you either. I mean, that's where they're at right now. But he is – it's in terms of a dead cap hit – would be significant. I mean, it'd be a $17 million dead cap hit this year. So that's not happening. So people go, they should have just cut him. No, they shouldn't because it's too big of a cap hit. And his cap number right now is 13.8. So for now, you know, you're saying he's hurt, quote, quote, air quotes in the air, and he's working through his back problem. Now, next year's dead money is $9 million. What I would suspect is anybody who's trying to deal with the commanders, knowing the spot they're in, which is a rock and a hard place, are probably trying to get them to take some of the salary off their hands. You know, much like what the, you know, you know, much like you'll see sometimes these teams that make deals, but they'll like say, okay, so-and-so is paying this amount of money about the contract. And I'm sure there's some of that going on right now. So maybe you get lesser compensation, but, you know, you still get it. So the cap dead cap money is nine million next year. Drops down to six million, uh, or it can be voided. It can be voided after twenty twenty four, before twenty twenty four. So it's really one more year, but they're not going to hang on that long. I got to think something happens next week, or you know he goes in the IR or something if they want to play it through the off season and you know recoup their losses. But I don't think we're going to see him on the field again this year. But you know, hey, stranger things have happened in this league. It doesn't seem like this is one of them. But the other, the other interesting one, unpopular, because you're still trying to have a season here, right? You're trying to make things happen, and this guy's had a hell of a year. And I like him a lot, but I just think it appears he's going to be the odd man out. I think everybody knows that. And he's going to have some options unless this team tags him at the end of the year, and that is, of course, Deron Payne. I mean, yeah, he's a starter. He's, been, he's, playing, out of, he's playing out of his mind. He's been wonderful this year. But you're going to lose him in the offseason – for, I guess, a compensatory of a three you could get for him. I think we went through this formula during the offseason this year. They talked about how they weren't going to keep him. I mean, 
Because you're going to have to pay Montez Sweat. And look, Montez Sweat's been terrific this year. I know they quote sack numbers aren't all there right now, but in terms of pressures, quarterback hits, I mean, he's like one of the top. I think he's the top guy in the lead in pressures, or maybe second right now after this week. But he's been terrific. You're already paying John Allen big money. John Allen's cap money next. John Allen's cap hit's going to be twenty half, twenty one and a half million next year. So, I mean, it's hard to then go pay Jerron Payne whatever he would be worth going into next season, whatever that money figure looks like is the guy playing next to him. So that's the tough part about it. But yet you're trying, again, to win football games this year. You're trying to have a good season. You're trying to finish it off the right way. Uh, Would you really just go ahead and, you know, trade him for a pick now? Or can you do better than a third? I guess that's what it boils down to. Can you do a better than a third? Would a team be willing to do that? I don't know if they are. I don't know if teams are really looking for that right now. We talked about this, you know, during the offseason. Prior was, you know, there wasn't a big market for a guy like him. And at the time, Jerron Payne was probably seen more of a run stuffer versus a pass rusher. But he's been a nice combination of both. But he's still not John Allen, right? And, again, his numbers right now at 8.5 is cap hit. I would I would be very surprised they did, but it's not the craziest idea in the world. Uh, if they did that, you know, certainly I think there was a time where I wondered if they would dare, you know, think about trading Antonio Gibson because of Brian Robinson. But then obviously Brian Robinson's season got set back with the gunshot and he's been, you know, in the one, two punch, you can see it. I mean, I, I can see what they were visualizing there. I like it. And, and obviously Gibson is your kick returner as well now, and he can be split out as a receiver, which he was in college. I mean, he can do a lot of things for you. I would vote against that. But, you know, eventually, you, again, you got to start talking, you got to start looking at these things to yourself because, you know, here's a guy that's going to be coming up in free agency here, here sooner rather than later because he was not a first-round pick. You only have four years of him, then you got to make that decision. You know, can we afford to keep him? You know, we've already got this other guy, you know, that we're bringing up that we think is going to be the feature back. I mean, so there's some decisions ahead on that. But you still have time. You still got another season of Antonio Gibson to worry about it. But I, I would say that's that's one of the ones that you got to think about. You know, somebody had mentioned to me the other day in the press box, hey, you think the Packers are like Deami Brown <laughs> with their receivers? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I suppose. I mean, they do have some depth through the commanders of that spot. But, you know. Right now he's hurt, so I, I don't know what the, you would fetch for him. Would you fetch more than the fourth you put on him? I kind of like the way they used him a few weeks ago. I'd like to see at some point with them having everybody available uh, and if they can do something with it. But, you know, that's probably being a little too greedy, as we know, as it often is the case. But the idea of, you know, tr- moving early on some of these players is not the stupidest thing in the world. Like what the Panthers did this week was was not, you know, everybody's like, oh, they're, they're having a fire sale or whatever. But they went out and won a football game after it, which I thought was cool. And, and they're trying to recoup, obviously, some of the things they need. And it's not a bad idea. And they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. I think too many teams, you know, stay in it just to go, well, I was about to say 8-8, eight eight, but you don't go 8-8 eight eight anymore, but 9-8 and eight and, and whatever, and you're not, and you're not going to be in it. But you're just kind of in the middle. It's kind of like the whole NBA argument, right? Like if you're not going to be in the lottery and you're not going to be a champion, you're kind of screwed. And it, it feels like that sometimes now in the NFL too. In the old days, you could say, nah, anybody can make a run and can win anything. But if you're one of these teams that's in the middle that doesn't have a quarterback, that's kind of where the commanders are at this point, then it's really a tough place to be. So you want to get as much draft stock as possible. I mean, look what the Eagles did a few years ago. When they, you know, they got the coffers filled up. 
And so they were able to go out and do aggressive things as they did this offseason when they go out and get an A.J. Brown. Um, and they're still going to have multiple picks next year. I mean, those are the kind of things, forward-thinking things, that I would like to see this franchise do from time to time. Like, if you're not going to be in the business of keeping somebody, move on early and try to get something out of it. I don't know if there's anybody worth that would, you know, again, market-wise is going to jump off the page for anybody from this team. But it's something they they certainly should think about. I mean, I really don't think you have any, you know, I said I'm a McLaurin and Allen, any untradeables. Well, Cam Curl. Love Cam Curl. Cam Curl's the next guy you got to pay, by the way, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of a extension on defense. He's, he's the next guy on my list. Uh, but, you know, what will they do? Will they be able to pull it off? I mean, at the bare minimum, they got to get William Jackson something for him. I don't know if they'll be able to do it or not. And if they don't, then, again, it's a tough spot because that's a big dead cat figure for a guy who doesn't play. Or you just, I guess, keep him on ice for a while and hope you can sometime, some point get something out of him. I, I don't know. That doesn't feel like that's headed that direction. But, again, crazier things have happened. All right, 800 uh, Any, you know, look, ideas for this team in terms of moving on from somebody, even though they might be playing right now just because there is no long-term future for them as far as this team keeping them and being able to get some value back from them. The problem is some of the guys you might want to think about are injured, but uh, others and you need to play, but maybe you just have to say, you know what, We'll find another player. We'll get somebody else, another next man up, and we will uh, go ahead and, and make a difficult decision here. 800-636-1067. Get your calls coming up next. It's Scott Jackson with you here on Overtime on 1067 The Fan. Hey, what you'd like to see the – Washington Commanders do. I mean, beyond the obvious, which is, yeah, could you get somebody to take, you know, William Jackson III in that contract, which seems to be the obvious move they're trying to make. Whether or not they're able to do that remains to be seen. I'm going to read you what John Kime had to say here in a little bit on um, on that subject here. But I, I got to break in because we have breaking news here in D.C. Um, Wizards uh, first-round draft pick Johnny Davis is playing his first minutes as an NBA player uh, just now with them up by 20 points with 2 minutes and 18 seconds to go. So there you go. We had a Johnny Davis sighting finally tonight. People were starting to wonder if the prize rookie would ever play uh, at this point. The team's 10th overall selection in this uh, past year's draft. And apparently the, the answer is yes, he will play tonight. Bradley Beal, by the way, I don't know what they did for his back, but it worked. Came in, uh, looked really good off the bench after not playing for a while. He sat out after 12 minutes, came in, played 10 minutes, uh, finishes with 13 points in the night, and the uh, Wizards are going to get a win over the lowly Pistons. Big night for Kyle Kuzma, 25. Kristaps Porzingis with 20 and six boards. was really good tonight, too. And Will Barton with Beal out for a stretch of that game had 16 as well. So good night for the Wizards. Now, now that Johnny Davis is in, all I wanted to do was shoot, but uh, I don't know, he's passed the ball off, unfortunately. Just want to see if he, you know, put up a shot. You know, see the kid get his see the kid get his first points. Taj Gibson sighting as well. That has not been as closely monitored uh, as uh, Johnny Davis uh, so far in this early part of the season. All right, um, 
William Jackson III. So, and this is I, I'm look. I, this is not breaking news to anybody, but this is what uh, ESPN.com's John Kime wrote about William Jackson III, and this is so true and yet so frustrating because it's a reoccurring uh, mistake that has been made by these here um, commanders, Washington football guys, uh, Washington Redskins. Uh, William Jackson the third has been a poor fit since they signed him in 2021 offseason. There's no doubt the commanders have talked with teams about him. He has struggled in their zone coverage scheme and would do well by playing on the team that plays not only more man but also single high cover three zone, allowing him to play more at the line. But Jackson is a bulging disc in his back as well as a base salary of $5 million. At most, he'd fetch a late-round pick. If Washington doesn't trade him, they could put him on the injured reserve and cut him in the offseason. That's probably more realistic than the cutting him after the trade deadline. But again, you, you, you know that. I mean, right, you should have known this, at least, if you did your due diligence on, the, on this, what this guy was about, right? This is kind of like they got Josh Norman here, who was a zone player, and they made him play man, and he sucked at it um, after the first season. I mean, this is this is what this franchise has done on the annual in the world of free agency. Jeremiah Trotter, um, you know, wrong system, wrong place. I mean, it's just it just doesn't make sense why they do this over and over again. The same mistakes, and it's different. Different, you know, front offices, different coaches. Same things. Go grab said player while he's the top guy at the spot. Let's get him. He's the next guy on our list, but not really have a plan for him. I mean, I you know. And if, again, if he's truly injured, then, you know, so be it. I mean, it's going to be hard to trade him if that's really the case. But if this is also just kind of a convenient way to keep him off the field the last few weeks, then, you know, I don't know if that was – if he was part of that or <laughs> or if they just decided to do that and said, hey, we're just going to call you injured just to, to save your face. Well, he was the one who actually said he was injured. They didn't first. And then they said he was healthy on that Monday before the Bears game. And then he said he wasn't. I mean, there's been a lot of weird stuff going on here. William Jackson III and this team, and kind of the, the tit for tat on what was really going on there. But nonetheless, it was a, uh, it's been a bad fit, and they haven't made it better. Uh, he hasn't played better, uh, and it's frustrating because I mean, this is a secondary. By the way, a group of corners, as as a cornerback unit through seven games. The Commanders have a grand total of zero interceptions. That's right. I repeat, zero interceptions. They have two interceptions in the season. One was from safety, Derek Forrest, in week one against um, Trevor Lawrence, who threw the ball for grabs late in the game. And the other was, of course, uh, as Justin Fields was picked off by Jonathan Allen, a defensive tackle, uh, in week six on the Thursday night game. That's it. Kendall Fuller used to be the ball hawks of all ball hawks. No, not yet. Um, you know, Wild Goose, St. Juiced, who is still looking for – I don't know if the guy's ever had an interception. I'm not trying to be funny. But he never had any college. I would assume he did in high school. But he never had a college interception. Has not had an NFL interception yet either. Now, he covers well. I mean, he's close. But the ball skills part of it, just not quite there yet. I will be fascinated to see that develops because he has developed nicely on the outside, like the way he's played. And they have guys that are, again, good in coverage, but they just they don't get any takeaways. Maybe it is just a matter of time. So our friend Al Galdi said earlier when he joined, it's like, you know, turnovers are weird because they come in bunches and sometimes it's luck and these other things. But, man, I don't know, interceptions, you've got to be in a position, you got to have guys that are actually good ball skill people. I just don't think they do. They have that yet. They have those players on this roster. And that's what Jackson was and could be at times. But, you know, 
didn't do it. And I mean, and again, you look at him and you say this this Cincinnati team, right? They they were okay with losing him or the money was too high, whatever it was. Cincinnati loses him. The next year they're in the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, the Chiefs they let you know Kendall Fuller go be a free agency. You know they've been okay. I mean they were coming off a of Super Bowl and they were they were okay doing that when they did it. I mean you know. Sometimes the other teams tell you a little bit more, too, than you know. And he played a lot of safety. And my friend Fred Smoot always goes over the top to explain, you know, that he was playing a lot of safety with them as well. And he was an inside guy here when he was his most successful, as we know, too. And, you know, father time is undefeated, as they say. And maybe that's part of it with him, the erosion of his cover skills. But it has been frustrating and hard to watch. On that back end, because, you know, again, guys just not getting hands on balls and, and taking it away at this point. But yet, the defense has been a hell of a lot better here over these last several weeks and really as a whole for the season. I, I really thought when the year started, if you were talking about a defense that could get, yeah, like in the 20s, lower part of the 20s, scoring defense down, you know, about four or five points, or you know, three or four points, I should say, field goal from last year, then you'd have a chance that the offense is going to be so good. Well, pff, what the hell do I know? Because it's, you know, defense has done even better than I would have hoped at this point. In terms of the numbers, third down defense has been terrific. Points are way down, yet doesn't matter because, of course, the offense has not been holding their water on a regular basis. Although he did make a encouraging step or two last week. And say what you want about it and about the game and your 23 points. There's certainly nothing to write home about, but, you know, certainly is when you've only scored you know, the previous four weeks, 8, 10, 17, and 12. So it's a significant improvement. And the fact that, you know, they missed a field goal. And the Packers have a good defense, by the way. By the by. Even with Joe Barry, they have a good defense. So there was that part of it as well. But yeah, I mean, their points against this year at 22.3 right now, time of the Commanders. But the problem is they're scoring about 18 points a game. That's 19th in the league. I think I said to the preseason they get to get in the low twenties, they'd be in a lot better space for being a lot better place this season. For a chance to um, have more wins, but maybe exceeded that. The problem is the offense has gone further back. Maybe that'll change over these next few weeks. We'll see. All right, coming up, we're going to hit some other items, uh, and you can hit us on the phone lines at eight hundred six three six. 1067-800-636-1067, uh, the fan, if you'd like as well. Some other NFL items to get to, including this officiating controversy. Was Mike Evans signing autographs for a referees in the NFL? Were referees in the NFL asking for autographs? And if so, what does it all mean? Is it a salacious story or is it just an internet goofy thing? We'll get to that straight ahead here. It's overtime on 1067, the fan. All right, it's overtime. Scott Jackson with you here on 1067 The Fan. Wizards winners tonight over the Pistons 120-98. to So they're 3-1, and one, unbeaten at home. Kristaps Porzingis, another good night with 20-6. and six. Kyle Kuzma, 25-6. and six. Bradley Beal, who missed a lot of the game due to a back issue, but played 22 minutes at 13 points, came in and finished the game. And Will Barton at 16 off the bench, 10 for Rui Hachimori off the bench, 9 for Daniel Gafford off the bench, and 5 boards. So 
Good win tonight for the Wizards. And Johnny Davis made his debut. Three minutes, had a rebound, was 0 for 1 from the floor. 0 for 2 from the floor, excuse me, 0 for 1 from 3. So that is uh, what just wrapped up at Capital One Arena. Wizards off to a nice start. I'm not going to get way ahead of myself here because last year (laughs) I thought they had figured some things out. They got off to a terrific start. And, you know, they were playing defense early in the season, which they are right now, which is nice. Uh, But, as we know, they catered eventually. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Because they were at one point last year 10-3, and three, if you remember. Through 13 games, they were 10-3. and three. So when do they get to be in the circle of trust? Like at what point will we put the Wizards in the circle of trust this year? I think we've got to go deeper. I think we've got to go later in the year. I think you got to be January before we, you know, before we believe in it. But 3 and one's good. They were 3-1 last year at this point. Let's not forget that. And they beat Boston last year to get to 3-1, and one, by the way. Better teams. So... Very good start. Like their pieces. Interested to see where it goes. I mean, but if, if again, if all goes well, what's going to be fascinating, if all goes according to plan, which is, you know, hey, they're big three, right? Your big three is Beal, Porzingis, and also, um, you know, Kuzma. you got to pay both of those guys this offseason. Kuzma, not, not Beal, you've already paid him. <laughs> Certainly don't have to pay Beal anymore. No, you got to pay Kuzma. And you got to pay Porzingis this offseason. Both have player options. So, I mean, that's a headache. I mean, especially if you're trying to, uh, you know, do the books and by the Nats for Ted Leonsis. But, hey, you know what? He's got a lot of other side hustles that are making him a lot of money. Maybe, maybe he can figure it out. But, you know, he's talked about going into the luxury tax during the season if need be. Now, they'll lose Barton's money, and Barton's not going to be here long term. It's too bad because he's a nice piece. But you, you, gotta, you can find another Will Barton. They did not pick up Rui's option, so that's interesting. I mean, they may make a trade to help alleviate some of these things at some point to get a vet. We'll see, though. I mean, it, you know, how will the market develop? Who knows? Who knows uh, how these things will happen? But they have some interesting issues ahead. But it's good to see Porzingis healthy. I mean, he's he is a freak player. I mean, he's a talented, tall, rangy shooter. He can get on the boards he wants to get passer. He's a good basketball player, but his whole problem has just been health. And, you know, knock on wood, because with this franchise, health is always part of the equation, sadly, and usually not good health. So hopefully he'll be able to make it through. And, you know, Kuzma's got a lot to play for. And he's been a good fit here. I I like him. Uh, I I wondered how these three guys, and they played together, would fit. And, again, it's just three games, four games at this point of the season, but I, I would, you know, how would all three of them coexist? Because we didn't see that last year. Because by the time Porzingis got here, you know, Beal was out. And, you know, him and Kuzma had some good moments together, but, you know, seeing all three of them, because it's less opportunities, you know, less shots to get up, those kind of things. Who's going to sacrifice? You know, tonight Beal, because he's out most of the game, had to sacrifice. Um, you know, Porzingis only took 13 shots to get 20 points, which is terrific. And obviously Kuzma, you know, had the uh, 25 point nine on 17 shots. And all those guys played low minutes because they were kicking the Pistons' ass, which they should. Pistons are bad. So there you go. But the East is tough. I mean, the East is no joke, so it's going to be an uphill back climb for these Wizards this year. But a, uh, glad they got off the quick start. Quick starts are better than the, the annual 8-20, and 20, as Tony Kornheiser used to write about. 
which really didn't happen all that often, but it was a funny line. And, you know, people remember it and they think about it, but really 8 and 20, I did the research on it one year. It didn't happen very many times. I think it actually was very, very rare. I think it was only a couple times. But anyhow, it was a good call. But there was that. I mean, you, like the Bucks are good. I mean, the Celtics are good. I mean, Cleveland's good. Obviously, they found out that. The other night, I think Toronto's going to be good. Philly's not a 1-3 and three team. I mean, Philly's going to be better. They're a contender. Eh, who knows about Brooklyn? I still, you know, I'd like to think the Heat have bottomed out. That'd be great. be nice for a change. Instead of them overachieving, maybe the Heat will underachieve. That would be wonderful. Sick of them always being in the mix. Sick of Pat Riley always having all the answers. You're plugging guys in that weren't even drafted. I mean, they were playing the NBA championship and the conference finals last year, excuse me, with, you know, two players that weren't even drafted as starters. I mean, that's, that's the madness of what Pat Riley, the genius of what Pat Riley could do for you. But anyway, this is a um, – it's going to be a tough year in the East. It looks like on paper. We'll see. But, you know, there will always be somebody that disappoints. Hopefully this four-game thing is not a mirage. But, again, it's just four games. There are 78 more regular season NBA games. But I'd rather start off fast than slow. I will say that. All right. Uh, one downside is DeLon Wright has a hamstring issue. So it's just considered hamstring tightness, though. Per Chase Hughes, it just tweeted it out. That was the one downside from tonight's game. But it's pretty cool that uh, they were able to get uh, – pretty cool they were able to get Bradley Beal back out there. Because I saw the back tightness thing earlier. I was like, he's out of the game. That's they don't never like to see that. But the fact that he could get back out there and finish the game, certainly a positive for uh, the Wizards tonight. All right. Um, I want to get to this story on Mike Evans in the NFL that was kind of a – I don't know if it's a big deal or not. I mean, the league obviously decides if it's a big deal. You know, <laughs> they get to pick and choose these things uh, if it's a big deal or not, and they've uh, chosen right now to say it is not a big deal. So Mike Evans of the Buccaneers, he's on Tampa, was so you know there was a video shared uh, of him walking off into the tunnel and so to him writing on a white card. After two officials, game officials, it looked like he might have been signing an autograph, which is a big no-no, right? Like, officials are not supposed to get autographs. They're not supposed to get anything. They're really supposed to not even know these players. But they do. Guess what? Over time, they get they build relationships with these players. Anyway, Mike Evans today said he was not signing autographs when he was asked about it. I'll tell you that. He said, uh, I talked to a lot of officials. We're all human beings. He's a nice guy. That's all it is. We're just talking about, you know, golf. That's all we're talking about. So he did write something. The NFL, of course, will not say what he was doing um, or with whether or not they're going to look into it. But he just said he was just writing something to them. Uh, there was one story today that said he was writing a phone number down because this guy wanted to play in a charity golf tournament. Um, you know, it's not been corroborated, but that's what it was. Here's all I know. They just lost in Carolina, so... If he was giving some beneficial treatment to officials, it sure as hell didn't help him because his team got their butts kicked by the Panthers. I don't know if he got a bunch of P.I. calls in the game, but that you know really wasn't much of anything in terms of an advantage. But maybe it will be later down the road now that he signed autographs for these guys, if that's what he really did, which he says he didn't. Anyway, the NFL, though,'s response is that we won't have any further comment. <laughs> they... Um, 
they saw the the official interaction as Jeff Lamberth and Trip Sutter and Mike Evans did not involve a request by game officials for an autograph. Uh, we asked a simple and obvious question. Then what was it? The the response was, we won't have any further comments. This is on a PFT, Pro Football Talk, uh, thread here. So that's all they said. They won't have any further comment about what he was doing. But there was a story out earlier today that might have been, you know, who knows, fake news, that said one of these guys who was around the area in Texas where Mike Evans was, who were in Texas A&M, knew him, wanted to see if he would play golf in some golf tournament or something, and that's what it was all about. Who knows? I mean, it's not that big a deal. Because, again, they got their butts kicked in this game, and, you know, I don't think he was writing a check for him or anything for calls that were made or signing an autograph to say, hey, you go, you know, I owe you this. Because, again, they got destroyed by P.J. Walker and the Carolina Panthers. So whatever it is, the NFL is not going to talk to you about it. And really, who cares? Besides pro football talk, who cares? All right, coming up, a um, interesting statistic on Bill Belichick that I unearthed today after last night's loss. And, oh, boy, maybe they should go back to Bailey Zapi. Bailey Zappi, excuse me. Bailey Zappi. I should know his name. He lit up my alma mater on homecoming last year. It was quite embarrassing. We'll get to that straight ahead here on Overtime. Scott Jackson with here on 106.7 The Fan, streaming live on the free Odyssey app. Um, you know, there there are some interesting numbers, and I'm going to find the one I had earlier that um, – do you support the fact that, like, he was a lot better with Tommy? Tommy, as uh, some of the folks in Boston like to call him, Tommy. And there's, um, there's certainly merit to that. I mean, they won a lot together. He was able to go somewhere else and win a Super Bowl. Bill has not quite had the same success without him, needless to say. And, look, Mac Jones – we don't know what he's going to end up being, but, you know, everybody wants to project him as the next Brady just because he's a skinny kid. I mean, come on. Uh, played at a big program. I mean, he shouldn't have played last night. I mean, can we all admit that, that Bailey Zappi should have still played? Zappi. I keep saying Zappi. Bailey Zappi should have kept playing last night. And when he came in, he gave him a little spark. So it's uh, it's interesting what's going on there. And they've had some bad years of personnel decisions, some bad draft picks. Some bad spending uh, in free agency as well. And it's all kind of coming back and biting them in the ass a little bit. But they're definitely suffering this season a little bit. And, you know, they still might ham and egg it into a wild card. But it has not, um, not been pretty. Last night, I mean, to get your ass kicked like the Bears that much. And, again, the Bears did a little extra time. They had the, the pseudo-bye week, the whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, you had the little extra bye week and all that stuff uh, off of the Thursday night debacle to the Commanders where they lost. They just kept shooting themselves in the foot over and over. So, you know, I'm sure they had a little extra time, you know, got their stuff together. So the winning percentage without Brady, and this is career with Belichick, well, this counts Cleveland as well, is 447, <laughs> 471. <laughs> so, is it Bet GM, Bet MGM? Excuse me. 
put this out earlier, NFL coaches with better winning percentage than Bill Belichick has without Tom Brady. Uh, I mean, this is a total cheap shot, right? Rex Ryan, <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury, Jeff Fisher. No, really. But Jeff Fisher was a badass for a brief period of time. Not a brief period of time. Pretty good, good amount of time in Tennessee prior to the Rams debacle. Matt Nagy, no way. And Norv Turner, wow. A better winning percentages than Bill Belichick does without Tom Brady. But with Tom Brady, it counts too. With Tom Brady. All right, so the record without Tom Brady for Belichick is 74-83. and 83. And People are having a field day with this stuff. Now, he did go 11-5 and five with Matt Castle, which should count for something, right? They should count for something. But, yeah, I mean, look, they needed each other. They were better with each other. But, clearly, Brady has been able to go off on his own. But he, he was also able to pick the place, right? Like, it wasn't like Bill got to pick the backup, the, the next quarterback, per se, out of, a, like, a big pot. I mean, you remember, supposedly, supposedly, Several years back, Belichick really wanted to go with Garoppolo. But Kraft wouldn't have it. And um, they ended up obviously trading Garoppolo that year for to the 49ers for next to nothing. Anyhow, not that Garoppolo has proven to be better than Tom Brady because he isn't, not even close. But, you know, it was interesting that that was the way Bill wanted to go. Look, both of those guys have done a great job of taking the, quote, high road on whatever the hell happened there. But I got to get more. Someday somebody's going to write the book. And who knows? Maybe Tommy will have to do it because he's got this probably this terrible divorce coming up. He's going to have to do it. And he's going to have to tell us all the stuff that he hated about Bill Belichick. There might be a great deal of respect. And who knows? Maybe, you know, absence makes the heart fonder, somebody once said. And they put it on a Hallmark card. But maybe that's the case with these two guys. Like, being away from each other, they understand now the greatness of the other and how they probably should have stuck it out. But, like, why couldn't they have had a Phil Jackson-Michael Jordan relationship, right? Like, why couldn't they have had that type of relationship where they understood that they needed each other and they were better with one another? Why couldn't they have had that? I don't know. They didn't. And it kind of sucks. Because I feel like we were cheated. I think they would have won more. And, it, you know, look, it was cool to see Brady branch off and win one with the, with the Bucks. I don't know what to expect from the Bucks this year. I mean, they're in the new NFC East, which is the South, the NFC South, which is horrific, right? Um, everybody's below 500, and, uh, you know, they're leading it right now below 500 and all that stuff. So I, I don't know what to expect from that, from that division. So he may still get himself in the playoffs. But, like, what he's going through right now, like, this is, you know, again, it's one thing to be going through a divorce, as it appears it's going to be happening with him and Giselle. But another thing to be doing it is in such a high-profile manner. I mean, we haven't had an athlete in a team sport in America as well-known as this guy, who's, like, internationally known as well, even though football's not an international sport, as Tom Brady, you know, since Michael Jordan, or, you know, obviously LeBron James is the, the guy now, but I'm sorry, it's like, him and Jordan and LeBron James, those ne- like guys in team sports in this country that are known everywhere. And obviously the NBA guys like Jordan and LeBron are much more known because the sport is. But, I mean, he was married to an international supermodel. So they're you know beyond football famous. He goes to these indie races and it's a big deal and all this other stuff. So anyway, so there's no hiding from all this stuff, right? There's no hiding from it. It's got to be just 
devastatingly painful. He's got a family involved, he's got kids. I mean, who the heck knows what's the whole story? But listen, it's every day there's new pieces of information trying to get out on this stuff. And oh yeah, meanwhile he's got to try to go out and win football games. I don't know, maybe that's going to be the thing that's ultimately he's going to throw himself into and he's going to do it, but so far he's struggled with it. Let's be real, he has struggled with it. Um, one quick note, I wanted to, meant to get through this earlier, I got sidetracked, but um, Aaron Donald and Jalen Brown have left Kanye West's group, Donda Sports, which they were the only two members of it, I believe. So over all this controversy, these anti-Semitic comments he continues to make and doubles downs on, and now with Adidas dropping him, they are now dropping him as well as uh, his clients. So he's losing clients. He's losing a lot of things over this. Whether or not he sees the light and uh, you know tries to apologize and make amends, who the hell knows with that guy? I have no idea what to expect there. All right. Thanks to our friend Al Galdi for joining us. Thanks to Nick Ackridge from PFF as well. Uh, thanks to Caitlin for producing. Scott Jackson saying so long. Linnell will be in the spot tomorrow. I'll be back. Uh, tomorrow, 980, doing the Burgundy and Gold today from noon to 3. Join me there. Uh, everybody have a great night. Thanks for joining us here on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan, streaming live on the free Odyssey app. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.